0: Should I get be nervous? Or? No,
1: you should not be nervous This is <laughs> not going to be difficult My name is Lynn Matugas I live in Bagak, Bataan, Philippines All right, so tell me a little bit about your job at Zencaster. What do you do, and what does a typical day look like for you? I am with customer support. So I handle emails and chats and technical support. If you need help with your tracks, uh, that's where we come in. So I don't mean to brag, but the Zencaster support team is awesome. You know those smiley face emoji ratings with the stars in their eyes? Yeah, they get a lot of those. That's awesome. (laughs) Where's the weirdest place you've ever worked remotely? I was in an airport. (laughs) I was working in an airport checking emails. Yeah, that's the weirdest place. (laughs) Paging Lynn, Paging Lynn, it's time for your flight. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fastened seatbelt sign. Please return to your seats and keep your seatbelts fastened. We're about to hit some turbulence. Known as Episode 4 of Digital Nomad. In life, we're told to expect the unexpected. But now that I think about it, that really doesn't make sense. I mean, how are we supposed to expect something if we can't even expect it? Perhaps a better way of looking at this is that we need to be flexible in life. Because things aren't always going to turn out like we plan. As we learned in our last episode of Digital Nomad, our founder, Josh, was originally trying to make an app for musicians when he came up with the concept for Zencastr. Well, we're going to pause that storyline for just a bit, and we're going to get a bit more personal with Josh and Lucy. He's decided to move from Boulder, Colorado to Melbourne, Australia, where Lucy is, to figure stuff out. So it doesn't sound like it was that hard of a decision to make. I mean, most people would be like, <laughs> moving to Australia is a big step. I don't know what was going through your head about all that.
2: Uh, hmm, hmm. what was going through my head? I wasn't unaware that this was a stressful situation for both of us. I like, I, I move around a lot. It's not. It wasn't that big of a deal to move, really. <laughs>
3: So he moved to Melbourne and I um, organized an apartment for him in the same apartment building that I was in but we weren't living together or anything at the time. We kind of just started, well, I mean, as soon as he got there, we were back together, basically. But (laughs) the plan was to take it slow. Yeah. Ugh,
1: there's that word again, plan. So the plan was for Josh and Lucy to spend time together to see if they could move past engagement and actually seal the deal. Remember that turbulence I told you about earlier? Well, it all started with a road trip. Josh, Lucy, and their friend, David.
2: I haven't brought up David yet, but David was a really close friend of mine, still is. He was a roommate in college for a period of time. and He was from Spain, and he was going to Brigham Young University, which is LDS, Mormon University. But he wasn't Mormon. I don't know, I think he'd figured out it was cheaper somehow for him to do it that way. <laughs> um, me and him got along, I guess, because I, I... Maybe you didn't fit in there as well either.
0: Yeah, we were massive nerds. <laughs> so I was studying um, computer science, IT, basically. Uh, Josh was doing the same thing.
1: You know, at some point you were actually introduced to Lucy, right? Because it sounds like your friendship started with Josh. And then did you become good friends with Lucy as well?
0: Yeah, so she, she started hanging out with us. This is this like super easy going person. And it became instead of just Josh and myself, it became Josh, Lucy and David.
1: Did you ever feel kind of like the third wheel since Josh was dating Lucy and then you were there?
0: Uh, you know, not not really because uh, Josh is going to kill me for saying this, but he's not, <laughs> he's not the romantic kind. So it's not like they are kissing each other and, you know, they, they never did that. So it really felt like it was just, you know, a group of friends hanging out all the time.
3: And then we were on a road trip in Melbourne with our friend David and... I realized like halfway into the first day, I I was like, am I supposed to, should I have had my period? And you know how that is where you like just start, the second the thought occurs to you, you're just like, I need to figure this out. Like (laughs) you just can't stop thinking about it. I'm one of those people. I'll probably just take a pregnancy test once a month just to check. Cause like you get paranoid really quick and we were on this road trip and I kind of started to think about it. And then the next morning, I got up super early and went to the pharmacy and got a pregnancy test. And I was thinking to myself, like, I'm just going to take this to kind of rule it out so I don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So I went back to the place we were staying and took the test. And actually, the first test that I took, it was one of those, like, more do-it-yourself ones. It wasn't like a yes-no thing. I got the wrong one and I just couldn't figure it out and it didn't really work. Yeah. So I had to go back to the pharmacy and get a second one.
0: Lucy wakes me up. He's like, David, I, I need you to help me. We stop at a pharmacy and I'm like, what the hell is going on, Lucy? And she's like, oh, I need you to go in and ask for a pregnancy test. <laughs> and I look at her i was like, "Um, what? <laughs> like, yeah... I just, I just bought one and I think I, I think I did it wrong, so I'm gonna need another one, but I don't want them to look at me like a crazy person. So <laughs> do you mind going in and, and buying another coolie?
3: I was like fully panicked in the, in the moment. I was, I freaked out. So Josh kind of woke up <laughs> to me and David being like, Hey, something's happening. I'm pregnant! <laughs> he was just like, What? I'm just waking up! Where are we? What's happening?
2: I did not react oh well, I I mean I could have I could have reacted better, I think. Because I was kind of in shock about it and I I was just like, What are you doing? Like put that away. Like why why do you why would on the first day of the road trip is not the time to start? Uh, like, obviously, I wasn't considering all the perspectives in the situation.
3: <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is soothing. This is very soothing." No way. <laughs> I was like, "I think, um, I, I think I'm pregnant," and he was like, "Oh, we shouldn't just put it away. We're on a trip right now. <laughs> like this, He can wait." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" <laughs> David was like, hey, man, no. He was like, you, you need to get in there and you need to handle this. So he came in and I think at that point I was like in the bathroom just like panicking. And he came in and I think he like patted me on the shoulder. Oh He's like, it's going to be fine. But we are on a trip and this was not the right time to do this. <laughs> oh, the love of my life. Let's him.
2: and um, I was just kind of like in shock about the whole thing also there was some relief in in a way it was kind of like this cathartic moment because I think I just needed a little extra push to to like get over my you know commitment issues things came into focus I suppose whereas before that I wasn't really sure what was on the horizon
1: so, are wedding bells finally on the horizon for Josh and Lucy? How does all of this impact robot audio? You know, Josh's idea that eventually led to Zencaster? Find out after this quick break.
2: Hey guys, this is Josh Nielsen, the founder and CEO of Zencaster. Thanks for checking out our podcast, Digital Nomad, to learn more about the story of how Zencaster came to be. If you're a podcaster or are planning to start a podcast, I'd love for you to go to Zencaster.com and learn how we can help you record your podcast. Zencaster now supports remote HD video recording as well as studio quality audio to make sure you look and sound great. We also help you mix your videos together so you can quickly and easily post your episodes online. We give you a 14 day trial on our pro account and our hobbyist account is completely free. And now, back to Digital Nomad.
1: Life is about to change, big time for Josh and Lucy. They're now living in Melbourne, Australia, and they just learned they're expecting while on a road trip. And then, things got even more complicated
3: already his visa was expiring. The reason why we were on the trip was because he was leaving the country the following Sunday. So there was just all of these huge things up in the air about what we were going to do. And I think that was one of my first experiences with a panic attack probably is what that was. (laughs) And then on Friday, we got A call that his dad had had a catastrophic stroke.
1: So was your plan to go back to where your parents lived anyway? You are kind of on your way?
2: Yeah, I was going to go move in with them for a little bit while I got my feet on the ground there. A big part of the reason why I wanted to go back to where they were is just because I hadn't spent a lot of time with them recently. So yeah, that was a little bit rough because you always think you have more time and then sometimes you don't.
1: So you went back and was your dad already in a coma by the time you got back?
2: Yeah, like all my family members were there, or a lot of them already, to uh, see him off. And uh, then there was a funeral and all that. There's one thing in my life that I think was maybe a miracle was the fact that I was you know at least able to get back in time to see him before, you know, in time after that happened.
1: Shortly after his dad passes away, Lucy joins Josh back in the States. Their lives were basically in a whirlwind at this point. They were staying in Utah with Josh's mom. Lucy wanted to have the baby in New Zealand near her family. Oh, yeah, they also wanted to get married.
3: Yeah, so it was complicated. We decided at some point in those next few months, to get married and then I came to Utah to meet him and stayed with him and his mum for a couple of months and we got married like a courthouse wedding. So we went back to New Zealand and moved into mum and dad's house.
2: If you ever had a chance to move to New Zealand and have a baby there, I, I recommend it. I mean, you pay for it in the taxes and stuff, but you know, it was quite a different experience I was woken up in the middle of the night. You know, I think Lucy kind of sat up, sprang up in bed and was like, Josh, it's time. And, you know, the goal and the plan was to have a home birth. And so we had like the birthing pool all there and we had midwives scheduled to come and do all that kind of thing. And this is my first birth. I was nervous, but I don't think I really, I don't think I was nervous enough. <laughs> <laughs>
3: When I went into labor, we didn't know at the time, but I had a placental abruption. Mm -hmm. So it was really bad. It was just like constant pain, never stopped. There was no end to any contraction. Um, So we transferred to the hospital pretty quick.
2: It was a very stressful time because we didn't know that that, well, the midwife thought that was going on. The doctors at the hospital were kind of fighting her on it and she was in labor and in serious, like worst pain I've ever seen anyone in for 12 hours straight. Mm. Fine, and then eventually the baby's heart rate started dropping uh, so they ended up having to do an emergency c-section
3: but I remember I, we went in for the c-section and you know how they have you like crucifix style <laughs> yeah. and you're like oh, okay what's happening and I, <laughs> Josh walked in because he had been going to get changed or something and it was a situ- it was very intense so by the time we went in for the c-section it was like everyone's about to die kind of situation and he looked at me <laughs> And he said, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. But I think he was crying. <laughs> and his face, like, he just looked terrified absolutely terrified and i was like that is not comforting to me (laughs) it doesn't seem like you believe at all that everything's gonna be okay
2: i was trying to be strong for her and i remember i was like trying to say like everything's gonna be okay but i like couldn't even get the words out because i was just so (laughs) mortified myself like it was just really hard to watch
1: yeah despite all the bumps physically and metaphorically it did work out on may 9th 2015 josh and lucy became parents they had a healthy baby girl and they named her marigold
3: yeah they got marigold out really quick i think from the time that they said we need a c-section to the time she was delivered was maybe 13 minutes or something um and so Josh went over to see her, but she didn't make any noise at all.
2: She was just calm and peaceful. Like she didn't seem stressed or anything. Yeah, I got kind of lost in that moment for sure. She, she you know, you, put, you try to get him to grab your finger and she held to my finger and, you know, she definitely just had very strong uh, Nielsen genes in her for sure. And so I had a really strong uh, kind of immediate, you know, moment and connection with her. As I'm in that moment and I'm like, kind of just lost, taking this in, like, I hear in the background from Lucy, hello, is she okay, is everyone okay, what's going on?
3: After a few minutes, I was like, hey, hey, what's happening, is she alive? Can someone tell me if she's alive? And, and I hear Josh say, Oh, oh yeah. Like he just forgot about me. He just totally forgot. He was totally mesmerized by this baby. Yeah.
2: And I just totally, you know, blanked on like, I guess, you know, giving her an update or anything. So she was she was still kind of over there not knowing anything. Cause they had that big curtain up, but they put a curtain up from their chin for like way high so they don't they don't really see anything.
3: I waited so long to ask because I was nervous that It hadn't gone well, and I thought, surely someone will tell me. Like, maybe my husband, he totally forgot about everything else, which is really sweet. (laughs) So um, Marigold was
1: born, because you were still... In New Zealand. What is it? Your visa? Your visa was gonna expire, right? At some point. I feel like you guys you guys play this game a lot, <laughs> right? Where you like go into your country and you're like, Yeah, we can only stay X amount of time. So how much time were are you allotted?
2: Well yeah, the visa situation is annoying.
1: Yeah, is it six months?
2: Well, it just depends on the country. You have to learn wherever you go what their thing is. And in New Zealand we I what I think what it was is she got me a partner visa. Because we were married at this point. But I think it's only good for a year.
1: Okay, everyone. Set your visa timer. We've got 365
3: days. So that year in New Zealand was kind of just super lovely. We were living with my parents, which was probably more difficult for him than it was for me. But it's kind of a perfect situation. We we had a new baby and like four adults that all they wanted to do was be with this baby (laughs) and (laughs) so we just hung out and there was so much support and so many things we just didn't have to worry about. It was really a special time actually and I think him spending more time with my family because they had not met in person before that even. It just solidified a lot of things and made everything feel really good
2: we were staying in this in the they call it the sleep out they got a room attached to the garage and we were staying in there but then they let me use like they have a guest room downstairs just by the entryway they had a little office in there gave me a big desk gave me the whole room and i just uh set up in there
1: so you were still doing some (laughs) freelance work during this whole time,
2: yep, yep, all through this time,
3: it just all felt super normal to me. I wasn't worried about it. I knew that he had the potential to earn good money if you know if he wanted to. But I also know that he's like super oppositionally defiant. He really does not like having a boss. He doesn't work super well under those conditions. So it just made sense that he would be working on his own thing. And that thing
1: became. Zencaster. Coming up on the next episode of Digital Nomad. Tell
3: us about the name Zencaster. Why'd you pick it?
2: At the time, Zencast-ER was taken, but the R, just as a TR, was free.
3: It's so surprising, but he's such a baby guy. He did a lot of the night stuff with the baby because he was up. I don't think he slept for like a year.
2: I think that was just a lot of me learning how to be a dad for the first time in running this side project. We
3: were walking through the
2: hotel and Josh would get stopped by people. You work for Zincaster? That's awesome.